Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In Genesis 26, the Bible tells us the story of the interaction between Isaac and Abimelech. But the Bible tells us that there was a famine in the land. And during that time of famine, the Bible makes us to understand that there was this king called Abimelech. Abimelech, you know, Isaac was contemplating moving to, uh, moving to Egypt. And the Lord asked him to stay put. And the Lord began to bless him. Then Abimelech noticed, it was the king in that area, he noticed that God was with Isaac even in the midst of the famine. So what did Abimelech do? As a smart guy, Abimelech decided to forge a covenant relationship with Isaac. He knew that God was with Isaac. He knew that God was blessing Isaac and he wanted to tap into that blessing. He decided to form a relationship with Isaac. And so we'll pick up the story from Genesis 26, reading from verse number 26. The Bible says, Then Abimelech came to him from Gerah with Azuzas. And one of his friends, and Fishko, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, Let there be, let there be now an oath between us, between you and us. And let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we have done nothing to you but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made a feast, and they ate and they drank. Then they arose early in the morning, and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed in peace. In other words, King Abimelech recognized that the hand of the Almighty God was upon the life of Isaac. And because he knew that God was with Isaac and God was protecting, God was providing, God was advancing and making Isaac a great man, even in the midst of famine. Abimelech, being a smart king, decided to say, let's have a relationship. Let's form a covenant. Let's come together so that I too can have access to what God is pouring into your life. There are times when you enjoy the blessings of God, not because of what you have done, but because of the person that you are related to. Because of the person that you are working with. There are times when you enjoy some favor, not because of how good you are, but because of the people that you are called. There are times when doors are open to you, not because of who you are, but because of the name that you carry. Okay? There are times when you go to a particular place and all you have to do is to show a business card and people begin to fall in, fall in line for you, not because of you, but because of the relationship that you are presenting. Abimelech recognized this. And the Bible makes us to understand that Abimelech wanted to enjoy the grace of God that was upon the life of Isaac. He therefore sought and fought, he reformed a covenant relationship with Isaac. If you put that aside and you pick the book of, go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel 20. The Bible tells us of another covenant relationship. This time around it was between David and Jonathan. The Bible says that David was a person that God has appointed as the next king in Israel. He has already anointed him. 
There was a covenant relationship between David and the Almighty God. And the Lord has said that he was going to establish the throne of David forever. David knew it. The people around David knew it. Saul knew it. Jonathan knew it. And the Bible makes us understand that Saul was determined to wipe David out. And because he knew that there was a relationship between David and Jonathan, he wanted to kill David and he made sure that Jonathan did not know about it. And now David now had to tell Jonathan his friend and say, your father does not like my face and he wants to wipe me off the face of the earth. And David said, Jonathan said, no, 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 no. David had to continue to convince Jonathan that this is what Saul's intentions are. Eventually, Jonathan decided to say, okay, no problem. If my father is going to do this, then I will, I will let you know. And I will make sure that you are not in any harm's way. And so we pick up the story in verse number number 15 of 1 Samuel chapter 20. The Bible then says, it says, But you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. That is after Jonathan found out that his father, that his father Saul was intending to kill David. He now said, okay, I know that my father wants to kill you, but eventually you are going to be the king because God has, has, God has already appointed you and has anointed you to be the king. He is now saying in verse number 15, but you will not cut off the kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. In other words, Jonathan knew that God was going to elevate Joseph David. God was going to make him the king. And his father was going to leave the throne, whether he likes it or not. David was going to be the king. Jonathan was now saying that when you eventually get there, remember my family. Make sure that your kindness that you are showing me today is extended to my family. Verse number 16. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hands of David's enemy. And Jonathan caused David to swear again, because he loved him, and he loved him as he had loved his own soul. And if you go continually in the story of David, you will find that eventually when David finally got to the throne, his son, Jonathan's son, was now brought to the house of David to enjoy the covenant that his father had made. Now you will see that this covenant, this particular verse of the scripture tells us that it's not just between the, it's not just a, a, a story about the friendship of David and Jonathan. We see that the security and the protection came from forming that covenant relationship. The covenant relationship between David and Jonathan highlighted not just their friendship, but the but the security and the protection that went over the over the house of Jonathan that came through the relationship that they, the, the covenant relationship that they formed with David. Now, from these two verses of scriptures, we see that Abimelech and Jonathan were able to enjoy the favor of the Almighty God. They were able to enjoy the protection of God because of their covenant relationship with the people who have a covenant with the Almighty God. In other words, there was somebody who is under the covering of the Almighty God. As long as you walk close to that person, you are going to enjoy the same covering of the Almighty God. There is what is called the special grace of God and the general grace of God. The general grace of God is what you are looking at out there. That is the sun. Whether you are a good person or a bad person, you will enjoy the sun that God has made available. It doesn't matter whether you are good or bad. The sun will shine upon you. That is a general grace that we all enjoy. But there is a special grace that God has made available only for the people that walk with him. And that's why Paul the Apostle, when he was being transported to, to Rome as a, as, a, as a Roman prisoner, he told them, and, they were, and their ship was facing a shipwreck, he told them, as long as you remain in this ship with me, God has told me, I am not going to die. And as long as you remain here with me, you too, you are not going to die. 
The point you are making is that as long as you have that covenant relationship or you are related with somebody who has that covenant relationship, the promise of that covenant will be extended to you. So you see, my brothers and sisters, at the beginning of every year that God gives us the opportunity to be a part of, at the beginning of every year that God gives us an opportunity to live through, God gives us unique experiences. Okay? There are blessings and there are opportunities that God makes available every year that are unique to that particular year. And he may never make that opportunity available anymore. There are particular doors that the Lord opened for a particular season that if you don't go through that door at that point in time, you may never be able to go through that door. There are some blessings that are unique. There was a time when the economy was down in this particular country that people were buying property for pennies on the dollar. At that particular point in time, you could acquire property if you have the means. But today, those same property, you cannot be able to afford them anymore. Why? Because that particular window has closed. And the Lord Almighty is about to open another window this year. There's an advantage and a unique opportunity that God is going to make available for us. And if we are going to take advantage of that opportunity, if we are going to walk through those particular doors, you must be properly aligned with the Almighty God. If we are going to be able to benefit from what God is going to make available this year and the doors that is going to open and the blessings that is going to pour out, if we are going to be able to be partakers of it, we must be well positioned with God to take advantage of those unique opportunities. And I'm convinced that the Lord Almighty is going to, this year the Lord is going to make some very, very unique opportunities available for his people. But the question is, only those people who are, who, who are positioned, only those people who are rightly related to him will be able to benefit from it. And that is why at the very beginning of this year, I want us to be properly aligned with the Almighty God. I want us to be in a position whereby when God begins to open those doors, you are there to be able to tap into it. You are there to be able to see and to be able to take advantage of those particular opportunities. And the question is, how do you align yourself properly with the Almighty God to take advantage of this opportunity as the Lord Almighty makes them available? Many of us want the blessings. We want the promotion. We want the enlargement. We want the increase. But the thing is that you have to be at a certain place. You have to be in a certain position with the Almighty God for you to be able to tap into it. The question then is how do you do it? Look at the book of Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus 26 reading from verse number 3. The Bible says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, it says, then I will give you rain in its season. The land will yield its produce. The tree of the field will yield their fruits. In other words, there is a condition. If you want to see the heavens deliver for you this year, if you want to see the land open up for you this year, if you want to see things fall in pleasant places for you, the Lord is basically saying, if you walk in my stature, if you keep my commandment, if you perform them, then these things begin to happen. But the question is that we align ourselves Basically what the Bible is saying that for those people who are going to see those things happen in their life, they must have what is called a covenant relationship. They must be aligned with me. They must be in my corner. You cannot begin to see these things happening when you live apart from the Almighty God and expect the grace of God to multiply in your life. It's never going to happen. It's not a question of whether you bring the tithes to the church. 
It's not a question whether you bring your offering to the church or you bring your seed or you bring the first fruit. This business that we're talking about is not a it's not a magic whereby you put one dollar and then you get twenty dollar. That's not how this thing works. It works by virtue of a relationship, and you have to be aligned with the Almighty God to see the hand of God move on your behalf. Okay. You have to be aligned with the Almighty God. There has to be a covenant relationship before you begin to see the covenant blessing. The question is, why do you need this covenant relationship? Why do you need that covenant relationship in the first place? Why must you be properly aligned with the Almighty God for you to be able to enjoy the covenant blessing that he has promised his people? Look at the book of John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Reading from verse number 5, the Bible says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Very simple and straightforward. In other words, the Lord is saying, there are many reasons why you need to have this covenant relationship. And the very first one is that the life that you have flows from that particular covenant relationship. The life that you have flows from that covenant relationship because say, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you take the branch away from the vine, that particular branch dies. And the same thing, if you are disconnected from the almighty God, you cannot prosper. Yes, you might be able to get some job. Yes, things might be happening, may appear happening for you, but it cannot be sustained because you don't have the life that supports that thing that you are running around with. So the Lord is saying, you need that covenant relationship because life flows to you. Life flows to the work of your hand. Life flows to all that you do because you are connected to Him. As long as you are disconnected from Him, you cannot continue to maintain or prosper in the things that you do. Number two, you need that covenant relationship because the covenant relationship with the Almighty God guarantees you know, results in productivity. Look at that verse of the scripture again. The Bible says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. In other words, if you remain connected to me, if you maintain this relationship with me, he said, then you will do what? You will bear fruits. You want to produce results this year, you need to stay connected with that almighty God. You want to see your hand move forward. You want to see promotion at the place of war. You want to see fruitfulness in the foot of your body. You want to see fruitfulness in the work of your hand. You need to see, you want to see productivity. You need to stay connected with the almighty God. That is why you need that covenant relationship. Number three, we need a covenant relationship with the almighty God because fruitfulness is guaranteed. Fruitfulness is guaranteed. He said, if he who abides in me and I abide in me, he bears much fruit. In other words, you will produce. You will be fruitful. As long as you are connected with him, you are going to be fruitful. There is no option about that. There is no question about that. There's going to be fruitfulness as long as you remain connected to him. And then number four, finally, is why do we need to establish this covenant relationship? We establish the covenant relationship because our success is assured. When you are connected with him, your success is assured. Look at that verse. He said, for without me, you can do nothing. I flip that statement around. He said, for with me, you can do everything. That's basically what it means. Without me, you cannot do anything. But with me, you can do everything. Which means your success in this new year is assured as long as that covenant relationship is in place. Now, what am I trying to tell you? What I'm saying in essence is that your access to God's favor this year your access to God's protection this year, your access to God's provision this year is a function of your covenant relationship with Him. Whatever you are trusting the Lord for, 
Whatever you are believing God for, the prayer that we have been praying, all these things are assured when you have a covenant relationship with the Almighty God. If you have a relationship with God, you can count on His favor. You can count on His blessing. You can count on His protection. But if you don't, you don't have that kind of assurance. You do not have that kind of assurance. And that is why throughout this month, I'll be speaking to you throughout the whole of this month on securing the blessings of God, securing the covenant blessings of the Almighty God, so that we can be positioned to receive the promises that God has given unto us. Now, when we say a covenant, what are we talking about? What is a covenant? I'm asking you that you form a covenant relationship with the Almighty God. I'm saying that covenant relationship assures productivity, is a source of life, is a source of fruitfulness, is is an assurance of success. The question is, what is this thing called covenant? The term covenant simply means two or more people coming together to make or to make a written or a spoken agreement or a contract. In other words, you have a relationship with somebody and you both agree and you say, okay, we are having this particular agreement or this particular contract to be able to do something. Number two, it implies that this agreement has a set of stipulations. In other words, for us to be able to form this particular contract or to have this agreement, there are the stipulations. Here is what you must do. Here is what you cannot do. That particular covenant also implies that the agreement that has the stipulation also has benefits. Because what is the best? What's the basis of having a contract or an agreement when there's no benefit to it? Why do I have to continue to work with you or do things with you if there is no benefit from it? So the contract number one is between two people. It has its own stipulation. It has its own defined privileges. But most importantly, it also has responsibility. In other words, here is what you must do to be able to get what I have promised you in this covenant. So in essence, a covenant is therefore a means whereby two or more entities are bound together in a relationship for a specific purpose with each party's rights and responsibilities and privileges clearly defined. Which says, I'm coming together and forming this relationship with you. Here are the things you are going to benefit as a result of coming to this agreement. Here are the things that you must do. And here are your responsibilities. Under this particular contract. Now there are many examples of people making covenant in the scripture. We saw two examples in the at the beginning of this particular message. We saw the example of Abimelech with Isaac, and we saw the example of uh, the example of Jonathan and David. And these two examples are what is referred to as conditional covenants. Conditional covenants. And a conditional covenant are those types of covenant in which conditions are set for the recipient to fulfill in order to enjoy the benefits. Those are the conditional covenant. In other words, you do X, Y, Z and you will get the reward of A, B, C. That's it. It's just like you are going to enjoy the house that you bought as long as you are paying the mortgage. That is the contract. You don't pay the mortgage, you don't get to enjoy the house. You don't pay the car note, you don't get to enjoy the car. That is a conditional contract, a conditional covenant. In other words, conditional covenant guarantees that promises will be fulfilled when the requirement is met. That's what that means. If you do this, then you will enjoy this. Now, the nature of conditional covenant is that it is between two parties. It is bilateral, between two parties. It is sealed by the two parties. In other words, party A and party B must agree. The guy who is selling the car must agree to sell the car. You that is buying the car must agree to buy the car for you to pay and for you to enjoy the car. 
There has to be an agreement. It has to be bilateral. It has to be sealed by both parties because you have to sign the contract and the person selling the car must have to sign the contract for you to be able to take the car out. If you don't sign the contract and you drive the car out, what happens? They call the police. Because what you have simply done is that you have taken the car without permission. So it's bilateral and it is sealed by both parties. It also, within that particular contract, it also defines the privileges and the responsibility. I will collect the money, you will pay the money and then you can drive the car. But you cannot drive the car without paying. If you do that, then you will see the tow truck in the back of your house taking the car away because that is the, that is the condition. There has to be privilege and responsibility. And then there are benefits and the benefits are conditional. As long as you make the payment, you continue to enjoy the car. You refuse to make the payment. Sorry, the car is no longer yours. The nature of a conditional covenant is that the benefits are conditional. And that is why you have to do X, Y, Z to enjoy A, B, C. That's the way it is done. But by the time you get to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, if you start reading from verse 1, you begin to see a different kind of covenant. A different kind of covenant that God makes with his own people. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make you a great, and make you, uh, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you all, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We all know the story. How God called Abraham out of his father's house. And how God told him that he was going to make him the father of many nations. But I want you to notice in that verse of the scripture that we have just read. I want you to notice in that verse that Abraham did not ask for this relationship. I hope you know that. Abraham never asked for it. Abraham did not solicit God. Abraham did not say, God make a covenant with me. No, it was God who made that covenant. It was a unilateral covenant. It's not a bilateral covenant. Abraham and God did not sit down, come to an agreement and sign a contract. No, it was God who said, I want to make a contract with you. I want to make a covenant with you. So it's a bilateral, it's a a unilateral covenant. God decided to form a covenant with Abraham. Number two, it was unsolicited. Abraham was not asking for it, but God gave it to him as a result on the basis of their relationship. Number three, it was as a result of the sovereign will, the sovereign decision of the Almighty God. God made up his mind, and I want to form a covenant with you. That was what he did with Abraham. It was a sovereign decision, a sovereign will of the Almighty God. In other words, it was unilateral, and it was a covenant that was initiated by God. All Abraham had to do was to accept all Abraham had to do was to say, okay, I accept it and walk with God by faith. It was God, God initiated the, God initiated that particular covenant. Number two, it was a covenant that God determined the elements. God was the one who said, this is what I want the covenant to be. Abraham had no say in that particular covenant. God set the condition for that element. God determined the element of that covenant. Number three, it was a covenant that was ratified by the Almighty God. In other words, God set that covenant with his own oath. The Bible said that because there was nothing above God, he said he swore by himself that in blessing he will bless Abraham. Not because of anything, but because of himself. It was confirmed by the Almighty God. A unilateral covenant. In a unilateral covenant like the one that God formed with Abraham, the thing you must understand is that those who are invited to that covenant... To participate in that particular covenant relationship, they are recipient of the covenant. They are not contributors. 
For those of us who are saved in the room right now, what did you do to assure your salvation? Nothing. The only thing you did was that you accepted the offer that Jesus Christ gave you. That's all you did. You did not go to the cross. You did not carry any cross. You didn't go and carry, uh, put any sacrifice anywhere. If you did that, that is not salvation. What you did is something else. But the salvation that was offered unto us, it was something that was given to us. You are a recipient, not a contributor. Number two, you accept it. You do not define that contract. You don't tell God that, yes, this is how I want my salvation to be. I want to be saved from X, Y, and Z, but I can continue to slap, you know, I can continue to be, talk to people anyhow. I can continue to steal money. You know, you don't set that kind of condition. That's not salvation. God has already set the condition. You, it is your job to be able to accept it. So you accept, you don't define it. Number three, when you come into a unilateral covenant, you obey, you don't question that covenant. So you say, God, I don't like this one. It is not your job to question how the contract is written. You accept the contract. That's the way it is. Okay? And then finally, in a unilateral covenant, you enjoy what the benefits are given. You don't complain about it. God, I don't like this blessing. This is the one I want. You don't have a chance to choose. You accept what you are given. Now, while these two covenants are different, there are some common elements. And the common element that I want to spend my time on is that all covenants are based on relationship. All the covenant that God has made with people are based on relationship. You will notice that God's covenant throughout scriptures are based on the relationship that God has with those individuals. The relationship we had with Abraham, the one we had with Isaac, the one we had with Jacob, the one we had with Noah, with David. And you can go through all the list. Relation, the covenant is based on relationship. God uses his covenant relationship with his people to accomplish his purpose for that particular life. So if God wants to accomplish anything in your life, the first thing he wants from you is a relationship. So covenants are based in a relationship. And the interesting thing is that God's covenant always starts with an invitation. The blessings of God does not go to strangers in the kingdom. The blessings of heaven is not just something that God dishes away and throws to people he doesn't know. Yes, you will enjoy the sun that he made. You will enjoy the rain. You will enjoy all the common blessings. But the special one he never gives out to just anybody. The covenant blessings of God are meant for the covenant people of God. And that covenant always starts with an invitation. God always invites all the people he wants to have relationship with. Then they are left to be able to accept. Once they are willingly accepting that invitation, then they begin, they begin to walk with God in faith, trusting that he's going to fulfill that particular covenant, and then the blessing is assured. It follows that pattern. God calls you. You accept. You walk with him in faith, and then he blesses you. He calls you. You accept. You walk with him in faith, and then he blesses you. It's like that all through scripture. Name anybody who has worked with the Almighty God. That has been the pattern. You will see these basic elements in God's covenant relationship with all the people that are in Scripture. You look at Abraham. You look at Isaac. You look at David. All of them. God invited them. They accept. They walk with God in, 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 in faith and in obedience. And then God releases His blessing upon their lives. You see this pattern in Scripture. God extends the invitation. You accept. You walk in faith. And then God pours out the blessing. And that same pattern is still with us today. The question this morning that I have, why am I taking the time to explain to you the covenant of the Almighty God? Why am I trying to let you understand the unilateral nature of the covenant of the Almighty God? I'm telling you this because, number one, every one of us sitting in this room, we want a blessing this year, don't you? 
How many of us here do not lack any blessing? You don't want any progress. You don't want a health. You don't want healing. You don't want protection. You don't want anything. If you are that kind of person, we really need to lay hands on you. We'll pour this old bottle of anointing oil on you and then we pray and pray and pray and pray until something happens. Because everybody wants a blessing. Everybody wants a blessing. Whether they know it or they don't know it, they need a blessing. They want a blessing. They ask God for a blessing. Even those who don't believe in God, they still ask God for blessing. Whatever God that they call upon. But the idea is that we all want a blessing. and But we tend to forget that God's blessing follows a process. There is a process for obtaining God's blessing. That's why I am telling you this. Number two, I'm telling you this because God's blessings are based on a relationship. God's blessings are based on relationship. Remember that particular woman that went to Jesus Christ? He said, my daughter is sick. Jesus Christ said that you do not give the food of the children to dogs. In other words, there is a relationship here before you can get a blessing from me. And that woman now was able to create a relationship. He said, even the human being and the dog have relationship. Because whatever falls from the table of the children, the dogs have access to it. And God, Jesus Christ said, yes, you got the key. Relationship. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.